The views and opinions expressed on the Social Shade Tree do not reflect or endorse its participants' or affiliates' views. Some issues may be sensitive in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Views and opinions of Johnny Neal II and Melvin Carter III, the host, are theirs. By listening, you agree to hold the host harmless. The Social Shade Tree is created for informational and educational purposes only. Listeners are encouraged to seek their choice of legal, medical, financial, tax, and or other professional advice as it relates to their situation. Happy listening. Social Shade Tree community. This is Johnny and Melvin, and we're privileged to have a seasoned entrepreneur, an individual who has experienced ups and downs of business cycles, uh, an individual who has come out successfully on all sides, and in fact, he's been able to successfully navigate new business development, help existing businesses grow, and establish, I guess, greater market presence. I'm not a business person, but he's done a lot. He's been impactful. He not only helps entrepreneurs increase their revenue, but he shows business folks how to reduce their expenditures. So today, we are having a conversation with Mr. Sidney Warren, Sidney Warren Enterprises, business developer. You've had some franchises too. So Sidney, welcome to the Shade Tree, com- the, the Shade Tree, the Social Shade Tree community. <laughs> welcome, my brother. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm glad to be able to do it today and, um, you know, talk to good folks about it because I think you guys have a novel concept with you know the social shade tree because that's you have to be of a certain age to remember that it was the shade tree uh mechanic right (laughs) (laughs) that did things years ago so yeah well and 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 the thing is he he gave a lot of he fixed a lot of cars you know when cars were fixable but you know you got some knowledge under that shade tree too so oh absolutely yeah so it, it was not, it was yeah it was not all lost. So uh, Melvin, jump in anytime. But but Sydney, can sure. you tell us or, or give us a little background on what brought you uh, to do the types of entrepreneurial activities you do? What kind of endeavors have you done? And and two questions: What type of businesses have you had? I know they've been extensive. And what brought you to Waco? <laughs> well, that's a, that that that's a that's a that's that's a great question. Um, to be totally honest with you, because when you, when I look back at my career um, in terms of my entrepreneurism, um, you know, it started a long, long time ago when I was a young kid, and I, my first business ever was uh, lawn care business back in the day when gas was like twenty five cents, whatever it was, and I had organized the kids in the neighborhood to cut grass for me. That was my first bite at it. Um, but I remember too, when I was little, I didn't really know a lot. I didn't really know how to read the wall street journal and all that other, but I looked like I did. Cause I ended up teaching myself some stuff about stocks and bonds. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it was kind of like that. So my first business was that. And, um, uh, and that brought me a lot of, you know, it, 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 it laid the, the foundation for what I believe it has been drag. It has been carrying me through such uh, to this point, which has been customer service. But I'll circle back to that. Um, and then from there, in ninety in nineteen ninety four, I opened up uh, TCBY Mrs. Field Store uh, at Greater Cincinnati International Airport with two other partners um, as a DBE uh, uh, participant with HMS Host, and at that time was Host Marriott. So you know, a little small hotel companies such as that. And uh, that's how we got started then. And then from there, I grew that out. Um, about three years later, I opened up another two sets of stores. Same thing, TCBY Mrs. Fields and uh, Tower Place Mall in Cincinnati and a, uh, a food court in downtown Cincinnati. Then I guess uh, about two, three, yeah, about two years later, I ended up getting my first contract with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, the NFL Cincinnati Bengals, in a uh, relationship, a tri-relationship with the team, the league, and 
uh, Aramark. Um, and so we put that, I put that deal together and I was doing pretzels there and had, this, uh, of course I was doing in the, uh, selling in the seats as well as in the suites and on the concourse. And then that led me on to, um, MLB major league baseball with the Cincinnati reds. And I did a, a deal with them. Um, and that was great. And all while doing, I still had my stores at uh, Philadelphia International Airport doing the same thing. Another set of uh, TCBY, set of TCBY and Mrs. Field stores with uh, pretzel mania and that sort of thing. So then I kind of grew those things out. I learned how to grow, um, to take particular brands that were inside of the brand and move them out and create a brand with that product. So that led me to um, the icy. I don't know if you've seen those, the big icy bear or whatever. Okay. Um, and so, and so I grew that, I grew that business out as well to do festivals and, um, and different things around, you know, Cincinnati and Philadelphia at the same time. So I've always kind of looked at, what I had, what I do, you know, what I, what I wanted to do and then see if I could find you something win. to fit that, um, in that market, in, the, in, in, in a particular space. So, uh, you know, you're already scaled. All you're really doing is, is, is going horizontal with the brands to make a, you know, to make a different way. So, so you, go ahead. No, I mean, so Mail really room. basically, yeah. So that's how it kind of happened for us. Yeah. Okay. I want to circle back, man, because uh, you said something that was so, uh, to me, that I think for our young people to hear uh, the vision that you had. Where did you get that vision from to start at an early age? Because I think a lot of times our, our kids see the end product, but they don't see the process or the beginning. And 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 I and I, I think for me, it's uh, it's the difference between being a manager and being a leader. Uh, you showed so much vision at, at a young kid. Where, do, where did you get that vision from? Well, it was a it was a number of things, right? Um, and this is a crazy story. One morning, I I went to bed. I was five feet. I woke up. I was five six. Um, then the next week at five six, I ended up waking up. I was six feet tall little thin and all the other stuff. And I never forget it. My mom, she came home and she was like, well, you're too big to dig a ditch. Um, You you might want to start thinking about what you want to be and what you want to do. And the darndest thing is, is like I used to read a lot and I happened to, was fortunate enough to, uh, it had an article written about me in Black Enterprise magazine. I always read Black Enterprise magazine. Um, and I used to, you know, read about all, you know, the Black entrepreneurs. Um, and they, I was like, I want to be one of those guys one day. And, you know, and I just stayed, you know, I stayed to that, trying to just take in as much information as possible. And I still do that to this day. Um, I try to take in as much information from various places that I can and and um and try to use that information some side or you know some sort of way. But I also think in terms of just being young people out here, um you have to I think in order to be a good entrepreneur, be a, a you know an entrepreneur for the long term, you have to be flexible. Um, I think you have to look at the market for what the market is. I mean, obviously, you know, there's no knock on, you know, beauty salons and barbershops and liquor stores and all these other things. But if you go and build one, build one where other people aren't there. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. and if you're going to, and if you, you know, you know, you pick your shot, you know, um, if you pick your shot, you figure it out, you do enough of your, your research, you should come up with a strategy that's going to help you. Um, and, you know, to be honest with you, I learned a lot from um, older people. 
I would just wow. sit and talk to guys, you know, just, you know, older guys who older business guys and, and would sit and they talk to you and they tell you about what's going on. They tell you about what it looked like, how to, you know, how, how different things would happen. And, uh, and heck man, I'm still learning from folks. You know, I, I talk to people all the time and ask them about, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? So I guess the, if you boil it down, don't be your best advocate. Be wow. the person who wants to get all the information and then be somebody. You know, I I never read yeah. don't read your press clippings. Don't believe it. Yeah. You know, you know, just don't do it. But that's me. Wow. See, you keep talking about stuff like wisdom and yeah. vision and scaling. Um this is this this may go longer than we intended, Melvin. So so I want to unpack a little bit. Um, you talk about a, a set of skills that you've developed in in the franchising industry, uh, particularly with regard to the Mrs. Fields brand and um, TCBY. I think it was the country's best yogurt or something like that. And yep. so you you've helped build brands out. Can you help our youth and our Social shade tree listeners uh, unpack the skill sets that are necessary for building a brand. Because Melvin, you talk about building your own brand too, Melvin. Tell, help us unpack that a little bit about what's what's involved with building your brand and getting your name right. Well, that, that's about the three, that's a three piece. That's a three piece thing. Okay, so let's just unpack it to the first step, which is when you have a brand and you start looking at what you're doing inside of that brand right so be it wherever it is um take for instance the tcby mrs fields all right so i had the country's best yogurt mrs fields cookies mrs fields cookies had a beautiful story that debbie Fields started that business through sampling all right so she was running up and down the street sampling the cookies before she actually ever built uh, built a store so she understood what the customers wanted. And they, they determined, the market determined what the flavors of the cookies were going to be. Not that she came up with them, right? She just ended up making and making and making and making them until she got the right, you know, ingredients in there to do that. Um, but inside of that brand, you have, of course, the cookies, which are franchised. But then remember, you have Coca-Cola products, right? Right. That's a full line of that's a full line of products right there, on the beverage side, right? Just, right. You know, Coca Cola has a lot of products within underneath that umbrella. So you have you say that, something about Coca Cola, right? then it broke up. Okay. Yeah, you have you have Coca Cola, and then you have a lot of brands inside of Coca Cola, right? That they have that aren't franch that, that you don't need to pay a franchise license for. Okay. Okay, so that is, they're set icy for me because I knew if I could get icy, which is a Coca-Cola brand, and I have a relationship with Coca-Cola, I could take that that product and grow it into something. So I could grow it into, okay. say, a uh, a food truck. I could grow it into a festival. I could grow it into a number of different things, right? So that made that brand inside of the brand portable, okay? Wow. So I was able to do that. When you look at other folks, and that's just on F&B, but if you look at, if you look at, you look at other folks and their, their brands, be it social media or whatever the case may be, if you're in social media, that means that you understand how to look at the different platforms if you're doing it well look at the different platforms and figure out how you can create additional business from the platform that's more than what you came into the platform doing example if i'm big in social media and i understand say facebook and i want to grow out a business that i'm still social media but i want to but I have an expertise as it pertains to Facebook, then doesn't it make sense to come back and say, I have an expertise with Facebook. I need to brand this expertise out 
of my overall brand. So you really offer new product within the same product, right? You haven't changed oh, wow. anything. You just grew the brand to a place where you can go ahead and say, oh, I now can do this. Not that Facebook and my social media platform is the only thing, or it was just an element. You're saying Facebook is now a new business model because underneath Facebook are a number of different things, correct? So you correct. can build that out and still maintain your social media piece, if that makes sense at all. It makes a ton of sense. And as you're talking about business value, if you build the brand within the brand, and I'll go a step further and say within the brand, you've actually exponentially increased your revenue. Right. While still sitting on the same footprint. Remember, sitting on the same footprint. Oh, my gosh, Sydney. That's brilliant. That is. yeah, that is that is uh that's I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, that's awesome to to have that approach. But again, we back to that to that vision and 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 where does that when you sitting down with a young cat talking about it, the first thing he thinks about is when you say entrepreneurial or you say they they talk they think well I'm gonna be rich. You know, it's they driven by the 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 revenue portion, but they're not driven by the process. And and so I, I just kind of want to dig down a little deeper into into to where that process, where that where that thought process comes from. I mean, you taking a concept of of even like you said about Facebook and then expanding on that. Uh, where did you get that vision? Or, or, or where does that vision come from? Well, that's that's probably a million dollar question. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm going to say, um, you know, I got that vision by just really looking at what I was doing and coming from this. Let me go this way. When I'm helping people understand what they're with by uh, start your business on Monday, I tell everyone in that, in that construct that starting your business really means just figuring out what it is that you want to do. And then once you've done that, then figure out because you don't have any money and you need, I mean, it's, it's necessity, right? It's the necessity of it all. I, you know, I want to build more, but I don't have the capital to build it, but I do have this. So you create the opportunity from a a non-capital position. And so when you're doing that, you're going to, make this out this out uh, this outshoot of what you're doing a business because you don't have any money and the mere fact that you don't have any money makes you become um inquisitive it makes you um start thinking about how do you make processes that don't cost you much or don't cost you at all because the only thing that you have in terms of real dollars and cents is your time so if you're looking at your time and you're saying this is uh, this is what i have you know this is my sweat equity 2x then if i grow this to here i'm going to make this money now money is is relative right because at the height of everything that was going on for us, you know, we had revenues that were, you know, crazy high. We had crazy high revenues, but we had crazy high expenses too. So you have to understand that just because your top line is X doesn't mean that's a bottom line number. Um, So you're not operating from a grand opening to grand closing position. You're, You're working from a position that says, I don't have a lot of money and everything I make is more than what I just had a moment ago. And then if I continue to build this, this is going to build itself. And as it builds, you'll be in a position to hire people. And so that's going to increase your money because you'll be able to duplicate, uh, you know, replicate exactly what you're doing out there. Okay. It's okay. all about replicating what you're doing because once you get past your first deal, and then you have somebody else doing it again because that's what franchising is about. Franchising is about taking a brand, growing it, 
and then exponentially growing it again so you will increase your revenue. I tell people this all the time. A McDonald's, a McDonald's operator doesn't make money until their seventh year of business on a 10-year deal. And people okay. say, oh, how do you figure that? Well, they're paying off all of their expenses to get to, quote, unquote, money, right? You make a decent living, but that's not money. And sometimes wow. we confuse living and money. So Man, that's how you I said look at things. You said a lot, and because I, <laughs> we've touched on wisdom. I, I there was a gentleman, an older gentleman that I had spoken with. He since passed, and he was saying the same thing. Only you said it a little more sophisticated. Um, yeah. And that's not disparaging this gentleman, but he was like, "You're not gonna make money until about the seventh or tenth year." But keep, and, but I said, but but so why would I stay in it? He said, "But keep going." And right. to our younger folks, they may not get that. Um, <laughs> you you'll see some success, but keep going. And then I'm he said, high... okay. "Go ahead." Well, he I mean... said about the seventh. He said about the seventh to the tenth year. It's going to seem like the, the business just explodes. And he said, yeah. but it, it really hasn't. It's been exploding through that first year one through seven. It's just taken the seventh year for you to realize what you've been. So thank you, Sydney, for that. Yeah. yeah. But from the, from the most simplistic point, you know, this is the social shade tree. So if I split some verbs, y'all know, y'all know who I am. I, you know, I'm up under the tree and uh, and I might not say everything the way Sydney is beautifully put it, but, but I'm going to, I'm going to just dive down. Let's go back to, to uh, when you started that lawn service, you had one lawnmower, you had some gas, and you decided at a young age that I'm going to cut this, this, th these yards, and I'm going to make X amount of dollars. At some point, you at a young age decided that, man, that's too much work out there. I need somebody to help me. And if they help me, I, you know, you know, I got one lawnmower. I might need to purchase another lawnmower for that person, or that person has their own lawnmower. You know, however. And the gas costs this amount of money, and we're gonna cut all these yards, and now I can double my my revenue. Uh, you know, I, I I'm trying to get these young people because the the pro I want them to see the process of how you build the business from just at, just the point that you that you started with one line more. A lot of people want to start with a they want to start with a with a with, with they need everything. They need a building. They need all these things. When they haven't made a dime yet, so so, my I guess I guess through that process, how 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 can we sit how can we sit with someone, and and teach them, uh, from the most simplistic point, of how to how to start their own business. Okay, so let's just let's 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 just go back. This is how it happened. So I had just the one line more, right? That's all I mm -hmm. had. But I knew that I had these customers that I was cutting their grass up and down the street for, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew that me personally, if I was going to make more money, I couldn't keep cutting all the grass myself. So what I did is I just said, you know what? I know a friend of mine, he's cutting grass. And I said to him, I said, look, I'm going to go and get additional jobs and I'm going to let you cut my jobs and I'm going to pay you get to keep 70% of the money. Wow. Right. So all I did was I said, okay, I know that if I get, if, if I do two things, one, make sure that they're happy because they're putting all the lot, they're putting all the labor in it by giving them real money, a lot of money, more money than I was getting, they continue to do it, right? Yeah. So I didn't need to go buy any additional lawnmowers because additional lawnmowers was not going to increase my 
my overall profit. Mm -hmm. The only thing that was going to help me increase profit was bodies that could push a lawnmower. Okay. And the only way that I could get somebody to push a lawnmower is that I had to give them way more money than they was getting before. And and in that process, you're developing that individual because I'm pretty sure you have a certain way that you cut that grass that you, because your customers prefer you to cut this way. So I'm pretty sure you sit down with, with, with my brother and said, man, we got to, you know, this is the way we, this is how we, we cut the grass. This is, this is the uniform way we look at how we, we, we take care of our customers. So I, I want to, I want to, I want to dig deep down in that in that process because I wanted uh, young and old people to understand that when, when you started at that when you started at that point A that point zero, you know this is how you 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 build people you build your business and that's how you become a leader. Yeah, right. you do, and you know, and, and 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 just to get there, yes, you do become a leader, but you also increase your customer service. See, I've yeah. always believed. To this day, I am only as strong as my least profitable account. Wow. Okay. And wow. the reason that I say that is because if I can keep them happy and service that account, they're going to always be with me. And mm. it's about that customer service. It's about, you know, I don't care if you cutting grass or sweeping the street. If you look like you're doing it efficiently, professionally, um, uh, like you know what you're doing, skillfully, um, people are going to want, people gravitate towards that. You know, it's it's the example that you gave, cutting the grass in such a way where you had the lines in it. And that was a part of it. Um, some people like their lines straight. Some people like them at a diagonal. Some people didn't care. Right. But at the end of the day, what they did care about was you said you were going to do something and you did it. Number one. Number two, you did it Curtis. You know, you did it was, you know, courteously. Now, you know, was everybody happy all the time? Of course not. We don't live in that kind of world. Never have, never will. But if they did have a problem, right back over there, recutting it again from top to bottom. People like that. People like to see you react positively towards a negative situation. And then that trans that transcends what you're doing on the business side because people say, well, you know what? The guy does it. He, you know, I had a problem with the grass. He came back over and recut the whole thing for me. Ain't that something? Yeah. I mean, it's above and beyond. It, everything that you do in terms of business and growing a business, it has to do with your customer service. Your customer service is everything. People just don't recognize that sometimes. They they get into a place called, well, I got the best this or I got the best that. No, it's the customer service. It's the communication that you go ahead and you have with your customer that says, hey, this is what it is. I'm telling you. I love a shade tree mechanic, right? Love them. Yeah. I love yeah. the guy. Right. And the reason I love them, not because they're cheaper, although that is a part of it, but I love them from the standpoint that they will sit and they will talk to you and tell you what is going on. And you can yeah. sit and have this conversation because it's really a conversation. Commerce is no more than just a conversation. People get it messed up because they try to build too much into it. It's just a conversation. And if you're having these conversations with people on the business side, you're going to always come up to this, you know, to a new place. They're going to always love you because of which you go to a place because um, you like the people. It's, I mean, hey, look, you take Waco, for instance, Double R Burger, for an example. I mean, all they got is license plates on the wall. They got a great burger, though. The people are nice. Yeah. But at the end of the day, a hamburger is a hamburger is a hamburger. And um, bread is bread is bread. Lettuce is lettuce is lettuce. Tomatoes is tomatoes is tomatoes. But why do you go to Double R? Because you like the people. Yeah. Wow. That's that's what it is, right? Because 
regardless of the, the cow, I mean, a cow is a cow is a cow. Hamburger is a hamburger hamburger. You know, it, it just is. It's just the fact that you like the people. You see them back there working on the burger. You, you can sit there with them. You can, you know, you can, you know, you can shoot the gift and keep it moving. Or you just don't have to say anything. Or they just say, hey, how you doing today? I mean, it's all that kind of stuff. And I, I think that it's a lost art. I think that a lot of folks have forgotten that um, in these screen generations that we live in, that it's the screen that's going to tell us what to do or whatever the case may be. It's it's not that is not the case. The case Shout out to really Double R Hamburgers. Uh, <laughs> so, so I mean, it's greasy, right? So, I like it. I mean, it's a good burger, you know. <laughs> so at the end of the day, so, it's just that kind of thing. So here's the question. Uh, we want to we want to kind of expand a little bit. So, Sydney, you've done a lot with the SBA and businesses and unpacking um, franchise development for us. And we want people to be able to get in touch with you. And so we're going to put your information out there for folks to be able to reach you later on. But here's another question. Um, could you expand your conversation a little bit about how an entrepreneur can grow their business and maintain their position economically in light of this coronavirus uh, economy, for lack of a better term. Help us with that a little bit. What question. would you be doing if you were a business person now? Well, number one, um, I'm going to go back to, a, a, I'm going to go back to customer service. But how do you hold your business, even though that you don't have feet walking through the door? That's the thing, Right. Because if you don't have them coming through the door, you're not getting what you need, so and so and so forth. So you can't really hold your customers, right? But here's the deal. Right now, you should be encouraged. Now, I know a lot of people will be floored by that, but you should be encouraged. And here's why. Number one, you already have recognized a couple of things that's happened inside of your business. One, um, you've had an opportunity to go ahead and fix some aspects of your business that you never really had a chance to go and fix before because you didn't have the time, but you just, uh, you all of a sudden got the time to do it. So you fixed your business. Then you already had your customers. So all you have to do is just come back and, 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 and redo the touch point, which is really basically back and touch them again. They're your customers. So you kind of know who they are or get to okay. them some sort of way and let them know that you're still there. And th that's going to get you back to not where you were pre-corona, but it's going to get you on the go forward. Because to go forward, everything is going to change. Number one, your competitors aren't doing it. Number two, um, your customer who, 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 who you've been doing business, you've been doing work for for so long, they believe that you're it gives them a sense of community because at the end of the day, they know that you care. So they care to make sure that you are successful. Okay. So the adage of 80, 20 is really, is really real because you have to go back to, you know, the 80, 20 rule, which is 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your base. So okay. if you, you, if you use that and say, okay, here, here's where we can go and do what we need to do now. Keep in mind, I'm not, this isn't going to be easy, but also realize that even though your business is, is shuttered or may or may not be shuttered or just uh, gravely reduced, your still fixed expenses are still your fixed expenses. All right. Your gas and electric is still gas and electric. Your rent is still your rent. Your employees. You probably you may have cut some back or you may have kept them or you, you, you know, it's a hundred different things there. But you're still your fundamentals of your business are still your fundamentals of your business. The, you know, the wall is the wall. The, the roof is the roof. You know, the ground right. is the ground. So when you start looking at that or your inventory is still your inventory. So you still have the you, you just it just put a pause on where you are. So. The reason that I believe that this is a great time to be in business is because, number one, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs are risk takers. Risk takers are out there really figuring out what it is that's going to make them successful. So they're looking for, you know, reduced, you know, reduced uh, prices on goods that they use or whatever the case may be, you know. 
it's there. It's just the case of where you are. Then you have to start thinking about how do you negotiate? Because your customer base, remember, 80-20. So that 20% of those folks who are coming back to you are going to come back to you, but they may not have all the money that they used to have, right? So you're going to have to come down to them, and they'll appreciate you because you came down to them. Wow. Right. So you what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I'm going to make I'm going to make less money per job than I used to make. But if I reduce my cost of my operational costs, it'll offset. So it goes to the other question, which is how much money is money? Money is a margin. It's just a way of keeping count, because at the end of the day, if your business costs you two dollars to run if it was open or closed, and if it was open, it cost you three, and if you made six, you're only 50% up, right? But you paid okay. your expenses, but you cut down on your overall margin. So if you go ahead and do that same job for, say, you know, 550, right? You right. still cleared your cost and you cut into your profit. But what did you do? Your long-term business, because it's always the long game that you have to play. You can't play the short game because the short game tells you increase price to offset expense. That's the short game. That's how that's how competition comes in and you know sits in your apple cart. No, maintain your price structure, bring it back or reduce it to let people know that you actually feel where they are because you know you realize that it's it's going to take two buckets to throw the water out of the boat than the one, if that makes wow. sense at all. That makes a lot of sense. It's, it's wow. And so, and so as you navigate the ups and downs, you kind of level out your business because people start to realize you're there for the duration. Absolutely. Because guess what? You are there for the duration because your competition is either they've increased price or kept price where it was, and people can't afford them. So consumers vote with their feet. Oh, wow. And so once, so yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so once the consumers voted with their feet, then you have to make your adjustment. Now, your competition's going to have less volume than you because they didn't make the adjustment. Okay. Because Changing oil is still changing oil, right? Double R burger is still double R burger. So, so you've right? actually made. So you've given you've you've given our listeners an opportunity to uh, extend their business through the hard times, increase their revenue in light of a pandemic event by reducing their overhead costs and kind of, so to so so to speak stretching the field, and then yep. coming out of that pandemic event by increasing revenues further with a larger customer base through retention and expanded customers. Wow. Couldn't have said it better. Wow. Melvin, yeah. you got some, I know. Talk, could, what, what, what did you want to ask Melvin? Well, I mean, I, I mean, that, that is a, the, the perfect, I mean, that if we have, if we're in a storm, that's the perfect storm. Uh, you know what you explain to to our to our listeners is uh, if, if you're listening, uh, this brother has given you some insight on 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 how to on how to take your business to the next level because I'm I'm sure now that with this game when you can cut your overhead and increase your revenue, then you know that building doesn't seem like I really need that building anymore. You know I can do I can do business outside. Uh, of those four walls, I think a lot of people imprison themselves in, inside a building or inside of a, a facility, but they don't understand how to get outside that facility and do the things they need to do to to create revenue, customer service, all those things. So, uh, man, you did a lot. I, I really appreciate that. I, that 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 opened my eyes. So so. Go, so I want to I want to kind of close out, but can you tell our shade tree social sh- shade tree? Can you tell our social shade tree community 
how they can get involved with you, what services do you offer. Um, and you may want to tell them about the, the is it the Paycheck Protection Program? Uh, I know you're an SBA counselor and you help people with business planning. How how can we how can we reach you, Sydney? Okay, uh, I can be easily reached. Uh, you can contact me on email, which is Sydney Warren at me. That's S I D N E Y W A R R E N. The at symbol M E dot com. Or you can call me on the phone. It's easy. Two five four four hundred eighty one eighty one. It's easy. Uh, right there um if i can i can always talk to folks about stuff and or if i can't okay. answer, and, and, and so what sort of counseling services i can always find somebody who can okay and no i mean i know you stuff, yes sir in, in in terms of the sba stuff i am a, a score mentor um and so you can always go through score uh which is a free service from the federal government and get counseling that way um and so you can always reach out that way uh, to do stuff. Um, but if you go to the Triple P, the Paycheck Protection Program, um, here's how that situation works. And, 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 and I want everybody, and I can, you know, you inbox me on Facebook or you can find me on Facebook with Sydney Warren on Facebook as well. I can send you over the documents and, you know, so you can fill those things out and, you know, and, and, and take your shot at it. From my understanding that, a lot of the small banks are doing a lot of work. I have some banking friends um, over at uh, TF&B Bank, which they're telling me all the time, like, man, where's your swamp? This just it's in there. We're getting it done. Uh, or you can find a smaller bank online. A lot of people don't realize you can find a bank online and run your application through it as well. So there's a lot of opportunity there to get that done. But the um, Triple P, uh, program is really based off of two and a half times your payroll piece. Okay, it's two and a half times your payroll. So take your highest payroll month, I would suggest, um, and come up with the number. Now, it says that you have okay. to keep the so, employees. So if some so if someone has a payroll of ten thousand dollars, they could potentially get twenty five thousand dollars. Absolutely. And that would help and that would help them that would help tide them over. Um Well it well you gotta use that you have to use those dollars. I mean it's you know, you have to use those those dollars are earmarked for payroll. Exactly. So it's to keep your employees. Um you know, that's how it, that's how that program's set up. But they have a whole bunch of programs that are inside of that whole PPP um, thing that I think that people need to, you know, need to get to. It, you know, they have they have grants um, that you have. I think it's 74 months on them um, on the on the on the payback at zero interest. Um, there's a, just a lot of different things in there. I would suggest folks to either go to. Uh, SBA or go directly to the um, go have a sit down with your banker. Um, okay. You you say you know why are you not why why would you have to sit down with your banker? And and I, and and I'm going to tell you something. You have to interview your banker. You have okay. to interview your banker. Your banker is the person who has your revenue has your dollars it's their job to protect you so if you're working with a bank that you can't talk to a, a loan executive or a person inside of that bank you need to find a new bank wow um you, you get a cashier's check and you walk your money over across the street or wherever you're gonna go with it but you need to be able to get services for your dollars it's not so much just you're gonna make a deposit anymore. You're not in a, you don't have a luxury of doing that anymore. The COVID virus has made sure that you are no longer in a position to willy nilly not maximize services that people have that you're doing business with. And so we need to hold those institutions accountable. Well, it's, 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 it's accountability, but you see the institutions are more about holding you accountable, right? 
Right. Yeah. If you okay. didn't, if, if, if you know what is that old saying? Uh, uh, closed mouth don't get fed. Um, if you close mouth and, at your bank where all your money is, you're not gonna eat. That's just how Brilliant. it goes. But but so, I'm just thinking so, of, as, <laughs> as as a visionary, as 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 a visionary. I mean, we could take this. This this unfortunate incident now and start to teach our individual, especially in our African American community, the importance of of now we need a bank. We need if we, if we had one central location where all our businesses were doing business with this particular bank, and let's, let's just say it was Sydney's bank, we could go and we have a personal relationship with Sydney now, and and now. Sydney knows what type of individual we are. He knows what kind of business we have, and he's more willing to 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 lend money or to 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 give you money in in that aspect because he knows that you're credible and that you're and that you're gonna get the job done. Am I correct or am I that's reaching exactly too far? It. No, I, no, that's the exact reach. But I think that you need to even reach further. You need to reach further. And when I say you should reach further, the, the further the reach is, is that it should be more about, um, I'm doing business with you, Mr. Bank. Um, you need to do more business with me because you're in the financial business. And hence, do you know of any programs that can help my small business? Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Okay. You go to the grocery store to get groceries, right? You go there to get hamburger and beans and Ice cream. I love ice cream. That's why ice cream came up really quickly. Um, <laughs> but while you're getting all these things, you're also getting a roll of toilet paper, which if you can find it, that's just a joke. But at the end of the day, you're getting many things at the at the grocery store, right? You get your prescriptions filled. You can, in some cases, you can get a health check, right? Um, so why shouldn't you ask your bank what else? What else do you have? Because I need to know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we don't do that, it, right? What do we do? It, we just make the deposit and walk out the door. I, my, my, my total feelings on this is that we on cash, on, on, and the, the, the day that we have more cash than any other day as, an, as a community is Sunday. Uh, Sunday is, uh, is, is Tide Day, I guess you call it. And, and, yeah. and, and, and and my feelings is if that if all these churches, if all the, just thinking all the African American churches got together and said we're gonna we're gonna bank with one person, and that's the bank we're gonna we and so now we got economical strength that we can walk in there and borrowing power and say to that individual, look, this is what we want for our community. This is what we want for our, you know instead of going in in, in, in separate entities. I think we we got more borrowing power in power. I mean, you know, borrowing power in in numbers. Correct. I think you, you're you're right, but you see, here's I've heard that I, that that discussion has been going around for years, right? Um, and and I'm a firm believer in it. Um, but where I sit with that is, although we do have these churches and all these other folks. Um, who are making deposits for whatever reasons that they're making them to whatever individual bank that they're making them to is all fine and good. That's great and dandy. Where I sit with that and where I sit with that is, is I simply say that's good, but you know what? Um, in case we don't get all of us together, I'm going to go in and negotiate a position with them to do that because Financial institutions have fiduciary responsibility to remain uh, to remain um, solvent. So, yeah. you know, yes, we have a lot of money in the African American community to do many things. And yes, if it was concentrated, it would have more power. But no, because we're not banking in the numbers that we need to. So we have to take an individual position. As an entrepreneur, you have to go and say, I'll do all I can and get everybody I can get to do this, but I need to build my relationship with this bank 
basically the same way that I build my relationship with God. Wow. Um, and, and make sure that I'm doing all I can. Now you can often, you know, with banks, go in there and refer other people to that bank, which will give you more staying power. And then the bank understands who you are and understands who the community is. That makes sense. But more often than not, individual bank accounts are individual bank accounts. And so banks live into this place called it's an individual situation. So I think that if you can bring staying power to a financial institution that says that I can actually replicate and bring additional people, um, you as a business owner builds uh, a certain amount of um, uh, trust within that institution that they say, you know what? this is a good guy. We're going to continue to do these things because if you're collectively bringing people to the table, then they're going to give you information as an individual so you can bring others to the table. And so everybody can start seeing, because quite frankly, I, you know, I don't really do a lot with small banks. I'm still at, you know, I'm still at bank of America for no other reason that I travel and there's branches everywhere I need to be. Right. But, you know, but that's the only reason, you know, there's no other reason to be there, to be honest. Um, and I do know the people at the bank and they're nice folks, but we're not doing anything with them per se. But when I was with, and when I was in Cincinnati, I was at fifth third bank. I had a very strong relationship with the, uh, lending authority and the, uh, bank, the bank manager. So I was able to do some things there as well. So, you know, it's a kind of a double-edged sword a little bit, but I do think as a small entrepreneur, you have to build that relationship with that bank and say, hey, Mr. Banker or, or Mrs. Banker, uh, I'm doing this project and I need you to be involved because I bank with you. Um, and ask them the one fundamental question that everybody does not ask. And I will tell you what it is, Mr. Banker or Mrs. Banker, what is your signing authority? Wow. <laughs> yep. Because their signing authority tells you how much they can give you on their signature. Wow. If wow. they can, I got a, I, I did a deal with, with Key Bank. And it was for 450000 And the guy who I was working with, yeah, he ran it up to, you know, to the back office, but he had signing authority to 500000 Okay. So he was able to sign the loan off for me. That, that, was, that was my next question. Mm -hmm. So, so, so. So, so uh, banks, like you're saying, can can sign off on certain amounts of money, but also as an individual, there are certain people can walk in and get what they used to call what, and I think they still call it a signature loan, right? Yep, those are signature loans. But signature loans yep. in the past tense were, uh, my word says. Now they want to look at yep. the paperwork, you know, but. You'll find yeah. that still yeah. those signature yeah. loans were always backed up with um, savings accounts. So yeah. I, I, we can we can go a little we can go a little bit longer. Sydney doesn't have to get to the golf course. No, I'm okay. I'm fine. Question. So Sydney, maybe maybe help our listeners understand a little bit. And we, you know, um, when you talk about banking, certain banks have different appetites for lending. Um, Absolutely. Maybe um, you can share with our listeners, like maybe some some banks may want to lend on commercial real estate. Some banks may not like commercial real estate. Some banks may want to lend to manufacturing facilities. Um, some banks may want to lend to um, restaurants. Uh, help our listeners understand what they may need to do when they're interviewing banks to get that type of information. Can you help well, us on that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, and here's one of those, I learned this from an older gentleman years ago. 
And uh, so yeah, I think he, I think he, I think he'd be tickled right now. But um, every most banks have an appetite, and you're right, Johnny. They have an appetite for different lines of business because each of those lines have different uh, collateral and um, collateral situations and assurity placing placements. So when you're interviewing a bank, if you're going to do food and beverage, then you should go to a bank where food they do food and beverage. And the only way to find that out is to go up in there and ask them, do you, uh, how do you feel about food and beverage? Um, and they'll tell you, um, you know, if you're going to do real estate, how do you feel about some, you know, some, some banks like real estate, a lot of banks don't, but a lot of banks like real estate from a perspective that it's a, you know, it's a physical thing. And so you can always lean upon it. And, you know, if they're going to keep that paper in the house, because sometimes they'll take that paper and they'll sell it. Um, you know, they'll group it up together with bulk it up together with other things and sell it to somebody else. But um, it's just about, it, 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 it sometimes means about how the terms are set up. Um, so when I think about finding stress tolerances or tolerances for what bank I'm going to go visit and speak with to see if they're going to do a loan with me, I know going in that this is what I'm looking for and I'm not willing to um, do anything else but that. So from my conversation we're going to have, it's going to be around just that. Um, and they'll say things like, you know, I was in a deal before and they says, I want all the credit cards or uh, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the, the loan plus two points, you know, prime plus two or prime plus one point. So that's the prime rate plus, you know, one or two points over. Um, so you have to be astute at what you're looking for um, because you don't want to get into a situation where you're at prime plus three or five or six, because that's going to make, so if prime is three and you've got six, that means that that's a nine, that's 9%. So you don't want to be in those kinds of situations. Um, but then you want to always be in a, in a situation with them too, that says, hey, if I accelerate the pay, repayment, what do we look like? Or if you go into it and you say to them, you say, hey, look, I'll, I'll do this loan with you, but I'm going to need the first year of just interest payments only. Um, nothing on principle. Um, why okay. would you do that? Because you get to write off all the interest on your taxes, number one. So you get to, you, that's a counter back out. And you still get to get the uh, amortization of your property or whatever it happens to be. So you still, you know, that's a double whammy. That's a good, you know, that's a good, good hit for you. You know, it's a two, it's a twofer. So you got to realize what you're doing. You have to go into the bank knowing what you want exactly, not what you think you want, not what somebody told you what you think you should have, but what you do know you should have. So when I'm, when I'm talking about, you know, saying to the bank, I don't want to do a deal. Uh, I'll do a deal with you for two, two over prime, you know, that's it. Um, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I know what I can pay. So I know what that's going to be. And then I'm going to, I'm going to roll a deal that's going to have um, first year interest only. Um, and they like that because they're getting their money first. Um, you know, those sorts of things, or you go to a landlord, for instance, and you say to the landlord, I want the 13, the 26th, and the 37th month rent free, right? Okay. Um, you can do that. The reason is, is that it's just a negotiation. It's all about a conversation. It goes back to when I was talking about um, cutting the grass and everything else and getting other people to cut the grass. It's just a conversation. The worst thing can happen is they say no, and you say, okay, that's great. I'll go find someone else. Um, but you have to be willing to sit and say, I'll go find someone else. You have to be that person because yeah. in these times, in this time right now, everybody is in the same block. Everybody had to go home and work from home. Most people, right? So everybody's in the same spot, <laughs> you know, everybody. 
in, in the exact same spot. If you're not on salary or you are on hourly, you're not the only person that was an hourly worker. You're not the only person that was a salary worker. You're not the only one that has a mortgage payment. You know, everybody is at the same starting block on this reopening that's going to happen. Everybody's at the same spot. The question becomes, what have you done to enhance your position to come out of the, the starting blocks running as fast and as true as possible? And so, the, so one, <laughs> that is phenomenal advice. And one of the things you've taught me in our previous conversations is everything is negotiable except for death, but <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the only thing that's really and truly the only thing that <laughs> the only thing that you can't, the only thing that you cannot avoid is dying. Um, you, you can't avoid it. It's just, it's just going to happen. You know, it's, it's just when, um, but until you get there, you got a shot to at least negotiate. It. I mean, before you die now, you can still negotiate a plot. You know, I want this one over here. <laughs> Or whatever, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is, you know. You, you but, talk, uh, I mean, it's gonna happen. You talk about those old players. I, I had an old player told me when, and it goes right into what you said conversation rules the nation. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's not the screen, it is not the screen. The screen doesn't so, talk back. So, so anything you want to share with our listeners as we part, uh, Brother Warren, um, how do we reach you again? Yeah, uh, you can reach out to me at sydneywarren at me.com. That's S-I-D-N-E-Y-W-A-R-R-E-N, the ad sign, M-E.com. Or you can call me on the phone, 254-400-8181. Um, I called everybody back. Um, you know, it, just, it is what it is. Um, I enjoy helping folks out. It, it works for me. Um, I think my parting thing that I would say is is threefold. Number one, um, keep in mind that everything is negotiable and operate okay. from that position um, and operate from a position that um, your business means something and you can take it down the street um, so you don't have to feel as though you're, you're locked into a situation. The second thing is um, the pandemic, the corona, all that stuff. Uh, I implore you to stop watching television because it depresses you. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it'll, it'll slow you from, it'll deter your thinking from where you need to be and look at your business um, taking a deep dive into your business makes total sense. And I think the, the last thing that I would want everyone to do is I would want people to look at their, their self and their business and create a budget and start looking at what your real costs are and then start making adjustments to those, meaning that you don't, that, you know, your mortgage is your mortgage you got to pay. Your rent is your rent you have to pay. Um, but you don't need as much cable. You may not because you're not really utilizing it. Take a really honest um, assessment of what services that you do use and, you know, get rid of some, keep others. But make the adjustment because it's, a, it's about making the adjustment. So, I think it's important that people as business owners, as just individuals, just human beings, um, make the adjustments and you make those adjustments and you should be fine. Um, and you'll be surprised at all the things that you've been wasting money on for so long, because as a business owner, you've got to look at every line, line by line of expenses that you have. But as an individual, you have to look at your life in terms of line by line, everything that you do. Um, you know, um, I hear many people say, oh, I don't do this because of X or I don't do this because of Y. And when you listen to it, it's really more about convenience. This is right, the yeah. inconvenient truth. The inconvenient truth but, is 
things have changed. You either are going to rise to the moment or you're going to fail. But Tavis Smiley had a book and I read it a long time ago and it says, fail up. And I read that book and I believe in that fail up, you know, fail upwardly. Even though you, you've fallen, you fail upwardly because guess what? On the other side of this thing is, is, is a beautiful place. So just be prepared. Wow. Thank you, sir. Melvin, yeah. anything you want to add? This brother said so much today that, uh, I mean, you know, he really has uh, enlightened me as an individual. And I know he's, he's, he's done a lot for, for the shade tree. He's broke it down to, 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 yeah, like they say back in the, in the hood to a quarter pound. He lets you know what the real is and what the fake is. So, uh, we 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 really we really thank you, Sydney. And I tell you what, man, I'm gonna be reaching out to you, and I know John is gonna be reaching out to you. We you know for advice. Uh, your brand is really great. You have a great brand, you know. So uh, and you've got a lot of knowledge. So we definitely want to sit down and uh, and discuss some things we can do in the future. Absolutely. And remember, Melvin, the, the 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 struggle is real. Yeah, the struggle is real. So you, you got to get, get real, real with the struggle. Yes, sir. Well, you this got. is Melvin and Johnny and Sidney Warren, and we are out from the social shade tree. Be blessed, be safe, and we'll see you on the other side.